cool. So I'm trying to kill two birds with one stone on this. I'm trying to do a video for you guys and a podcast at the same time. So it's quite odd looking at both the screen and the phone, but it's all living learning. So anyway, as you guys know, um, this weekend, or last, sorry, last weekend, Saturday the 11th of September, I ran my first 100km ultramarathon in a time of 16 hours and 37 minutes, which is a very, very, very long day out um, in the sun. And it was one of the hardest things I have done to date, hands down. One of the hardest things I've ever done. Um, and, you know, this podcast and this video is basically going to go over my day and just me recapping the day as it unfolded. Um, so first of all, I just want to do get some housekeeping done. I want to thank a few people for helping me. Um, so I'll start off with Jess and my two kids. Thank you guys so much for being there um, at the finish line because it was a big day out for you guys, I know. Um, and just, you know, that pushed me through. Um, Rory and Callum Stenner, you know, thank you again. Uh, for those who don't know Rory and Callum, Rory was my crew for the day. Um, it was for his first time crewing and he did a spot-on job with with just helping me in general. And Callum Stenner's the guy who actually got me to enter the, or didn't get me to enter the race, I entered it. But he told me that he entered it, and I just thought, fuck it, I'll give it a go. Um, there are a few other mentions. So there was three runners. As I was running, um, you know, it, it's funny, with ultra marathons and whatnot, they're a different breed. Everyone there knows there's hurt. Everyone there knows that it's going to get a bit um, painful. So we're all out there having some fun. So... You know, Bobby Brown, Alec Lennon, and Sean Lyons, thank you guys so much if you do ever listen to this for running with me and keeping me company uh, for my first ever uh, ultra. And there's three other guys, uh, sorry, and a girl, um, Jake, Roberts, and Danny, and Ben, who were crewing for Jordan Chenery, um, who also did an amazing job out there. Um, so if you're listening to this, Geordie, kudos to you and watching this doesn't matter um but you know jake has come to one of uh, quite a few of the run for your life runs and you know just knowing people in the community and whatnot and, and seeing that gold coast face there was like thank god and you know you you guys helped push me through um you don't understand how much how nice it is to come into a checkpoint and see some familiar faces there um, but yeah, look, all the volunteers on the day were amazing. How the whole event went was amazing. Um, I think the race director's name was Alan, Alan Davies or something like that. English guy, you know, immaculate job at setting things up. Um, but yeah, just do some housekeeping and get that out of the way. But uh, without further ado, let's um, let's just, I'm, I'm going to start at the start and just sort of, you know, timeline it into the end. Um, so first of all, you know, a couple of weeks ago, well, not a couple of weeks, about a month and a bit ago, two months ago, I get a message from Callum saying, um, signed up for the Glasshouse 100. And I was like, oh, 
you know, I'll definitely do it if I get the money. And funnily enough, I think that afternoon, just how the universe all works, you know, I, I had some money come through with the, which was the exact amount of um, the entry. <laughs> so with, with all that lining up, I just thought, fuck it, I'll give it a go and figure out later. Um, and I told my coach, um, David Coombs, this news, and he was sort of like, oh, shit, okay. Uh, we'll just have to take, take it week by week. And, and that's what we did. You know, going into this 100, I didn't particularly have, you know, 100-kilometer specific training. You know, I did have a bit of an aerobic basis, if you want to call it that, um, going into it, but nothing that was, you know, specific for the elevation, specific for the distance of 100 kilometers. You know, I think overall I had in the lead up, you know, about 80 to 90 kilometers worth of running, like for my long runs to get that distance in. Um, so, if, you know, for next time, we'll definitely go into it a bit more prepared um, aerobically. But other than that, you know, if I can do and sixteen hours for my first ultra and look, I'm not a I'm not built like a runner, and I am still you know eighty seven kilos. So to do that in a you know sixteen hours thirty seven, I'm I'm really really happy with that with you know two and a half kilometers of elevation gain. Yeah, I I'm stoked. I'm absolutely stoked. I know I could have gone um, sub sixteen, but I got lost for about forty minutes. So if you were live tracking me. Um, you could see I, I was I was lost, uh, but I'll get into that uh, towards the end of the video. So this might go for a while too, guys. Um, and for you guys listening as well, you guys already know these these go for about 30, 40 minutes. Um, so yeah, uh, so it started off. I had all my food prepped. I had everything prepped. Met up with um, Rory on the morning. He picked me up. And we got to the, the start line, and it, it was all smooth sailing. So, so of course you got to you know, you got that gut churn when you rock up to a race. But this is a bit different for, because, you know, there wasn't that electricity in the air like a marathon or or any other you know shorter distance because everyone here knew, this is going to be a long day. This is going to be you know, some people are not going to finish. And, you know, I think a lot of people knew that. So there wasn't that, you know, high vibe energy, you know, let's get it done sort of mindset. It was very calm, cool, collected. Everyone was just there to, you know, just start. Um, you know, so we all line up at the start line and, you know, three, two, one, and we're off. Uh, and by that point, you know, your heart's thumping. You don't know what's going to go on. And, yeah, pretty much, you know, start running. You, you, you do a big lap around the mountain. And I met up with my the, the first guy I was talking to for the first, I'd say, first 25, 30. No, I think it's the first marathon. Oh, 35 kilometers uh, with Bobby Brown. Absolute legend. Just... You know, we're running through the single trail, um, jumping over stuff and just having someone to talk to in that first part of the race was just nice to, you know, ease the nerves and really set into a, a nice pace. And, 
you know, running with him, it was just nice. You know, you're talking, and it's funny with ultras compared to other races that you're there to support one another because anything can go wrong. And, and that was the nice thing, just having a, a real raw conversation whilst you're out in the sticks. Um, the, the view was immaculate. You know, you're looking at the, the Glasshouse Mountains, and if you're, if you're not from there haven't seen the Glasshouse Mountains, there's all these mountains that, you know, just in random spots all around um, that area. And you, you go up to raised areas and looks, looks down on all this pine forest. Um, and you know, and the, you know there's, a, there's a fire trail and a dirt track that just goes straight up the side of a pine forest. And it's really, it's nice. It's really, really nice. Um, and, you know, it is what it is on the day. And you, you turn up and you show up and, and, you know, you just enjoy it for what it is, is what I'm trying to say. And anyway, we'll move on from that. And that, that was a start, you know. And, and I think it about the... Ooh, it was very, very early on I started hurting. I, I remember talking to Bobby and I, I looked at him and was like, mate, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm starting to hurt already and... We, we met up with another guy. We ran past, um, his name was Alec Lennon, another legend. Just talking to these guys was nice. He, you know, I already said, oh, yeah, I'm hurting. They both looked at me like, already. I'm like, fucking, yeah. So I think I was about 35 kilometers in and um, I could feel this is, I'm, I'm in for a long day. I'm in for a very, very long day. Um, so as you know, we're talking for a bit, this is about 35 Ks in, um, Alec pulled back and we met up with this, this, um, oh, what's his name? Sean Lyons. That's it. Met up with Sean and he ran with us for a while and Bobby on the uphills was quick. I, I'm, I'm struggling. Like by this point I'm struggling. This is about 40. This is a marathon in and I'm really, really hurting said to Sean as well, I'm, I'm really hurting. Like I'm, I'm, I'm in the pain cave already. And he's again, looked at me and went, fuck, okay, you've got a long day ahead. And, and it was, it, it, it was, a, it was a big day. And I'll keep saying that again and again. Um, so I was, yeah, about 35 Ks. I'm in the, I'm in the pain cave and I've realized, you know, I've done 70 kilometers on pavement before this, you know, it's not going to be um, that bad. And it was that bad. It was really, really bad. <laughs> and, you know, you, you get to a point on these ultras, on these longer distance runs, that just, it doesn't get any worse. It just stays the same. And, you know, you, you just deal with it. And that, that's, that's a part of it. Um, so moving forward from that, the best part about it, you know, was running into the checkpoints. Uh, checkpoint one, you know, for the first 30 kilometers, you know, I had a few people ask me, so let's get into the nutrition side of things. Um, my nutrition for the day was fucking spot on. Like I, I'm really, really happy with how um, it all turned out. I was pissing clear all day. Um, so I knew my hydration was on point and, and leading into that, um, into the race, so from Wednesday, I started having two tablets of electrolytes in my drink before bed. 
and you know just loading myself up with that because I knew it was going to be a hot day so I think the temperature maxed out at 35 36 degrees for the day which is just really hot really really hot and you're you know we're near the ocean which I did for the 70 kilometers but we were out in the sticks so it was stinking hot and then you wouldn't get a breeze and then you would get a breeze and it just sucked and you're dusty and and you're breathing in dust and and it was just a dirty dirty time from about 10 to 2 2 p.m in the afternoon um and that's a that's a part of the fun that's just a part of the fun um so yeah coming into these checkpoints you know you're seeing these bright faces you know do you want anything and everyone's there to help you that you know what do you want what do you need okay i need water bottle water bottle here you go here you go here you go blah blah blah. they fill it up for you you don't do shit you sit down relax um so for the first 30 kilometers i only used a um hand bottle because i i having a bladder an extra you know 1.5 kilos on the back um i just wasn't willing to put in that energy to you know hold an extra bit of weight because you know i was thinking about having you know two um flasks here on my, on my chest pack and one in the back but i realized i didn't need that because you know i'm going to feel pretty fresh until the 40 40 kilometer mark so there was no need for that and you know i think that was also a really smart move because as it progressed into the race you, you know you fatigue you start drinking a lot more um you know, you start to sweat a lot more, so you need more liquids or hydration. Um, so yeah, I think that was a smart move. Um, but moving forward into that, you know, you get to a point, and I got to that point pretty early on, but I, I don't know how to describe it. You hit the wall. Um, and if, if you guys don't know what the wall is, the wall is somewhere, you know, you question, you question everything. You you start asking why you're doing it. You start trying to, you know, come up with reasons to quit. You start, you know, my my big thing was, you know, imagine if I tripped over and broke my foot or something, and I'd have to DNF. And it was like fuck. Like you, you try to justify in your brain why it's okay to quit. You try to, you know, come up with these reasons and bullshit yourself why you can't do it um and you know i think that's natural it's normal um with these really large races i think you know even a marathon or 30k you get to that point where you just want to quit um, but i'll get into that a bit later i think the highlight the highlight would be um around checkpoint eight so this is i think 50 60 kilometers in um this is the big checkpoint so you you go up to these power lines and you have to do two big loops so each loop was i think first loop was 10 kilometers and the second loop was eight kilometers but you you go down into the valley go all the way around and then come back up and then you go down to the valley if that's the first loop second loop is down into the valley around and then you come back up again but just you know you seeing that many people after you're hurting for so long you just get this boost of energy and you you know like you feel fresh but your legs are absolutely trashed 
You know, my legs are trashed at 35K, so what am I, am I kidding? Um, you know, I think the biggest highlight was was the checkpoints and the staff and all the crews and, all, you know, it, it was an experience. And everyone there's just wanting to help. That, that's all they want to do. They can see you're in pain. They can see that, you know, you, you, you're going through hell. Um, they just want to help. Uh, you know, I had people come up with bananas. They, they could see, I'll get into that just after this, um, what I ate. But, you know, people, I had like a platter of stuff that they came out with and it was like, oh, here you go, we've got all this. And it's like, oh, shucks, guys, thank you so much. Um, but then, you know, it got darker after that. As soon as you left those checkpoints, you know, I had this energy for about, oh, God, five minutes. And then it was, you're done. Like, it all fades away and then you're back into that pain cave and you're just slowly chipping away those kilometers. Um, but bringing it back to the food and nutrition, um, and a lot of you have asked me about that, bananas. Bananas were my number one i will not stress this enough i love my bananas i i ate so many so every every checkpoint so roughly 10 kilometers between each checkpoint i would have a coconut water again i, I think i went through four liters of coconut water throughout the day um huge skull of coconut water i had uh tailwind nutrition in my um bladder or my bottle so two scoops of that, which is roughly around 200 calories. Uh, so it's 100, yeah, 100 calories per scoop. Had coconut water for hydration. Had normal water um, in my pack with just a scoop of the tailwind because it's just a funky taste. And just a few gels just packed into my, um, uh, what do you call it? My vest. And yeah, that was pretty much me until... Yeah, around 50k mark. Um, so about checkpoint five or six, that's when I started to change it up a bit because I just got fucking so over bananas. So I'd still have a banana, but you know, instead I'd have a handful of lollies or um, cliff bars. So cliff bars are just, you can buy them from Coles and shit. 250 calories per bar, and they're delicious. They are really, really, really tasty and, and good for you actually i think it's all vegan i'm pretty don't quote me on that but i'm pretty sure they're all vegan um and just really tasty sweet yummy easy to digest and and swallow um but yeah hydration was on point food was on point i never bonked i never got to a point where i was like oh shit i'm, I'm really struggling here because i knew how long the day was going to be um and i really i i didn't want to be underprepared. i was actually quite overprepared. Um, but yeah, coconut water, gels I didn't want to stay away from because it was just sort of that, you know, lots of sugar and then crash. And I didn't want to do that the entire way. So most, you know, half, first half of the day, I was very, very careful with how much sugar I was taking in. Um, I mean, processed crap. Um, because you tend to see a lot of people just have gels all day and they crash and they're, they're out and don't finish or... You know, they're feeling sick and vomiting so uh, and also i think on these runs i on my training runs was i would learn and teach myself how to eat whilst i was running so you know whilst i'm at a six minute pace or 6 30 pace you know, eating a banana on the run trying to do that 
and and again that's not if you're going into an ultra i really highly recommend you do that just so you don't have to stop as much um but moving moving forward and i think this is where um you know i really got to talk from the heart on this one Sorry, guys. I'm getting teary. Um, that was one of the hardest things I've ever done in my life. Oh, shit. From two years ago, two and a half years ago, I wanted to kill myself. And on Saturday, September 11th, I ran 100 kilometers. That was it. Was a hard day. It was it was one of the hardest days I've ever experienced, and I've been through some shit up here. And this is to you guys who are listening this far into it. Or watching this far into it, you are so much more capable than what you think. You really, really, and truly are. I cannot stress that enough. I cannot stress that enough. When you think you're done, you're not done. You are so not done. Um, from seventy kilometers onwards was all mental for me. You know, I again, I haven't trained for this. Um, sorry, I just got a bit emotional there. It's been a, it's been a journey. It's been it's been a really really long journey um, to get to this point, and it's been hard. It's been it's been really hard, and I I wouldn't be able to do this without. The support around me wouldn't be able to do this without you know my run for your life group i wouldn't be able to do this for the people that have been around me supporting me in my journey um and that has been a journey and you know the pain i felt i can't describe it it was searing it, from 70, that leaving checkpoint 8 for me was, was hard because you're leaving a group of really supportive people and I think that was the biggest thing for me is at checkpoint 8, everyone was just extremely supportive. Everyone was there helping me recover, get better and to leave that behind to run the next you know, 10, 11 kilometres by myself, that was tough. That was really tough. Um, you know, it was a lot of walking, jogging, hiking, walking, jogging, hiking, uh, 
I never stopped. I never stopped. And that's the thing I'm really proud of. I never sat down to take a break between the checkpoints. And I made that promise to myself. Um, but yeah, from 70 kilometers, once I reached that threshold of 70, which is my longest run that I've done before, um, I just something, something happened. I, I went to this place that I've never been before. I, I, I went to this place that you, I just got comfortable with being uncomfortable. And, and another person I want to shout out to is, um, or to three people, um, Zach Harris, what you sent me. Ah, fuck, I don't want to cry again. This is this whole run was really full on for me. Zach Harris and the ultra running guys uh, from America gave me some amazing tips and and schooled me through, you know, what it's going to be like. And you know, I'll, I'll see if I can get it up. Um, It was one, uh, bear with me. I know I shouldn't be doing this, but I'm just scrolling through to get Zachy Harris's um, quote up. Sorry. So I got to, you know, 75 kilometers in. Oh, first of all, thank you, Ultra Running Guys. Thank you, Zach Harris. And I, and, and I told him, told them as well, thank you. Um, I got to a point, you know, 75Ks in, and I got a message from Zach Harris saying, you know, killing it. Ah, fuck. Killing it, mate. Dig deep, enjoy it, find comfort in the uncomfortable. You've got this. Fuck. And I put up a video throughout the day saying, you know, I'm hurting. he replied to it saying you've got this brother pain is temporary and I just held on to that and I kept repeating that in my head I'm sorry 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 this is Um, and I've never connected to something like that before because I had to I had to finish this race I had to really dig deep and it was it was the deepest I've, I've dug you know when you look at me you don't see an ultra runner you, you just see a, a stocky dude that likes sport and I'm not built like that I'm not built like a runner and I'm quite heavy so it was a lot of extra energy I had to expend to to get through this because I'm still heavy and and finding you know going up and down that elevation was a lot of weight to push up uh, 
hold on, keep held up with my legs. Um, And I really did have to dig deep. And those climbs were really hard. And getting, you know, going to that pain cave and that place, you like there was no doubt in my mind I was finishing this thing. There was no doubt, but it was it was fucking painful. It was really, really, really hard. I, 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 there's no real way um, to describe the pain. It was it was pretty much at one point, you know. Every step I took, I it was just I wanted to quit. I wanted to stop. I wanted to finish. And, you know, I had many epiphanies throughout the day and really going into, you know, how tough I really am and how strong I really am. Because, you know, two, two and a half years ago, imagine if I, if, if I had that same mentality to just quit. And I wouldn't be here talking to you guys, I wouldn't be here creating Run For Your Life, I wouldn't be here doing what I do if I was weak like that, If I, I wouldn't be here. I'm not saying, you know, suicide people, you know, people who commit suicide are weak, that's not what I'm saying by any standard, but, you know, having that just quit mindset, and it's the whole reason I got get it done and go one more on my wrists is when I'm running, and that was what I was looking at, I was looking at those when I was running through, um, sorry, I was just on a different tangent. Um, but you know, I just kept replaying. You know, Dave, another one, David Goggins, and he calls it the cookie jar. Remind yourself of of how far you have come. Remind yourself what you have done. You know, and I've had so much support along the way on this journey. And and reading that message just gave me that that extra energy to keep going. You know, each step I took was, you know, you, you think you've been running for, for 40 minutes to an hour and you're like, fuck, I've, I've covered, you know, usually you can run five kilometers in that. But you're running so slow and plotting so slow, you've only covered two and a half kilometers. And you're like, fuck, like, I've, I've still got, you know, 28 and up, 27 and a half kilometers to go. And that was the hard part of just breaking that 30 that last 30 kilometers up into bite-sized chunks you know looking at the net you know i would what i would do i would jog so so you'd look down where you were running and there'd be pink ribbons um course markings so i'd run to the next one and walk the next one run to the next one walk the next one and that sort of became a game and you sort of forget the pain. And then by this point, you know, you, you're just used to the pain. The pain's not getting any worse, but your legs are starting to seize up. You're just hurting. Um, you know, and there was peaks and valleys. Um, to be honest, there was more peaks, you know, with all the positivity that was out there on the day. Um, even, you know, it got to a point doing those loops i i met these random hikers and they fed me blueberries which was you know they could see i was in pain they could see i'd just been crying you know there was a lot of crying on the day as well um as i said this is a very emotional and huge achievement for me um and you know just to have that some random people seeing me like that and, and wanting to help me was amazing and it gives you that that morale to, to push through, you know, to to find to find my edge. Um, 
thank you Jacob O'Neill for that one as well Finding My Edge go check him out um, you know sorry I'm it's, it's just all coming back and it's, it is emotional for me it's I, I'm still trying to process um, everything that went on I really am I've still got quite a bit of brain fog um, and and that's that's a given with, with that um, sorry. Oh, so yeah, you know, I, I ended up running with these two hundred mile races. Um, I forgot their names, but the best thing about that was just running with one another and realizing we are all in this together. We're all hurting. You know, every single person that was out there at one point or at one stage throughout the day was gonna hurt. And, and that was the beauty of it. That was seriously the beauty of it. Um, I think at one point, at about 80Ks in, so I'll move, I'll move forward, I'll move this whole thing forward, about 80 kilometers in, uh, I think we're at the second last checkpoint. And I think it was 11 kilometers between that checkpoint and the next one. So we all got together, there's about four or five of us, and became seven of us actually at one point. We were all running in a, in a, in a pack and um, let's see what it is. We're all running in a pack and yeah, so the, we, yeah, we were all running in a pack and um, it was sort of like a, everyone's head down, just go. So everyone, everyone's going like this. No one's talking. Everyone's in pain, you know, someone has a bit of music playing in the back and that's about it. You know, that was, um, it was eerie, you know, and, and, but th that was the beauty of it that, we, you know, we, we had to keep it like that. We, we didn't want to talk to one another. We were hurting that much. And that was the best, the best part about it. You know, we were all there together doing it with one another. I don't know, how, yeah, the best thing to, I don't know how to articulate that part. I just, there's a lot going on in my head right now. Um, so, you know, we arrive at the second last checkpoint uh, and, and, well, sorry, third, second last, yeah, second. That there is no thought anymore. It was just finish. I just need to finish. And, you know, running with these guys, was amazing and they were doing a hundred miler but I just wanted to finish. I just wanted to go home, be with my family and rest. But I still had a job to do. You know, I still had that 15, 15 odd kilometers to go and they were the longest kilometers. Um, like I thought 30 was fucked. This was fucked up. Um, so anyway, we, we rock up to the but I am, remember, by this point, it's pitch black. All I have is like a, a handheld bike torch that I bought from Mike's Bikes or whatever. Um, really bright, did the job, but it, it was, um, didn't, I did, it wasn't suffice for what, what we were doing. And, you know, I, I it, it was scary out there. 
because you, you can barely see in front of you and you've got this torch and you're running with other people. But they, not saying they were slow, but they were conserving as much energy as possible where I just wanted to go. So I've gone ahead after the last checkpoint and, you know, I was done. By this point, it was, I don't know how to explain it. It was, there, were, there was no thought. I tried to put some music on. I had 10 kilometers to go by this point. And I just wanted to finish. Uh, and, the, and the scary part about this last part was I was on 5% battery on my phone my watch was running low on battery i had i had no way of knowing really of where i was i i didn't I, I really really didn't um all i had for reference was um pink tags that i've been following all day or arrows or whatnot um, pointing me in the right direction and you know this is the part that i, w- I was very scared so I looked at my phone, my phone's just turned off. No more battery. So I'm like, okay, cool, just keep following the pink tags. And I get to a point where I've come back out onto a main road. And I've kept running, turned around, realized there's no there's no pink tags. Cool, sweet, turn around. So I run back that oh, a kilometer in the other direction to try find where I came out of the pine forest. I couldn't. I ugh. Um, and I couldn't, so I, I've started, I'm not kidding, I panicked um, because, you know, I'm delirious at this point. I'm running low on water, I'm running low on fuel, and I had two gels in my pocket, and that was about it. Um, so I'm running up and, ba- up and back this road, just making sure I haven't missed anything, you know, slowly walking up the tree line, making sure there's nothing in, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll say again, this was pitch black. I'm talking, you look up in the night sky and every single star you can see. There, there's not anything around. No shops, no nothing. It is beautiful, but fucking scary. So you, and, and you can hear stuff in the bushes and you know animals running around or whatever. Um, and that was where I started to really, like, it started to set in my mind, like, what's the worst thing that can happen? You know, nothing, really. Like, let's say I get lost. If I eventually follow one road in one direction, I'll come out somewhere. Um, but anyway, I did do that. And I kept running. Um, you know, I went down this T section, couldn't find myself, uh, my, my bearing, sorry. Anyway, I kept running in one direction because I knew... The mountain that I ran in the mo- oh, in, in the morning was on my right. So if it's on my right again, that means I'm running in the right direction or in in around that area. And anyway, I, I came to a crossroad um, and a car was coming past. And I spoke to him, the guy in the car, and he thought I, I, I waved him down. And I was like, mate, I'm... I'm lost. Like, I'm really lost. He was like, do you need food and water? I'm like, no, but I sat in the car... Uh, a door open, you know, and I was like, which direction is the school? I need to know because I, I'm, I'm lost and I just want to go home. He goes, all right, it's this way, in this direction, follow this, turn left, and you'll be there. Anyway, anyway, came back around um, and went through this thing called the dungeon. So I went way too far out and back. But I went into the dungeon, which is this thing, uh, the, the track, four-wheel drive track that dips right down 
and you actually have to physically climb up. So that was another topper on the, for the end of my night. Um, so anyway, eventually found the school and ran around the school, saw the rainbow arch, ran through the arch, and I was finished. So altogether, I ran 105 kilometers. Um, I, you know, again, I could have done sub 16, but I did get lost for a very long time. Like I was like lost, lost. I was like yelling out like hello. No reply. It was it was really scary, and I'm very very grateful and lucky that you know I, I met that guy in the car um, because I would have been I I really would have been fucked. I I had no idea where I was. Um, so yeah, you know I finished the race. I saw Jess and my kids in the pram there, and this is how raw and real these these ultras are, you know. There was no huge crowd at the end of this finish line. You know, it was 11 o'clock at night. It was just like a handful of people. Uh, and, then, you know, good job. And that's that's the real raw side of it. And, uh, you know, on the day I realized I'm not doing this for anybody else except myself. Now, and I got asked leading into this, you know, what are you doing it for? What are you running from? And... You know, are you trying to impress other people? And it was like, no. You know, I, I had an inkling that could have been a subconscious thing of mine, but no. When I was out there, you know, I don't put, you don't put yourself through that much pain to impress someone else. You just don't. Or, or you're, you're a narcissist. You're a dickhead. You know, this pain I, I experienced was nothing I've ever felt in my life. Nothing. You know, I've been, you know, bouts of depression, you know, suicide, suicidal thoughts, drug abuse, alcohol abuse. That's all hard. That's, you know, that that's a given. But this pain I went through was, I've never felt that before. Never. Every part of my body was just saying stop. And I had to go to this place, which I've never been to as well, to not stop, you know, I gave myself no other choice to not stop. And, you know, the whole purpose behind this now, and now I can say with a clear and open heart, is that when you are going through the shit in life, just keep going. You have to. You can't stop. You know, life gets hard. These runs and ultramarathons get hard. But it's one foot in front of the other until you get to where you need to be. That's all it is. It's that simple. And it's very cliche and you hear it on all, all these fucking movies and motivational TikToks and blah, 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 blah. But it's so true that when you're in your darkest moment and, and, and you've, got, you've got nothing to hold on to, you know, at this point it was 85Ks in. I had nothing left in the tank. I had nothing left in the tank. But I just kept going. And that's what surprised me was I thought I was done. I thought I had nothing left. But I did. I, I, I just kept going. My feet were still moving. My body hadn't broken down to a point, you know, that I, I couldn't move. You know, I'm, I'm done when I'm done. And I was nowhere near that, you know. I, I said on the day because I was over it, you know, it, because there was a finish line, I was I wanted to be finished. So I knew if I get there, you know. But if I had to keep, you know, if there was a gun pointed at my head, I had heaps of food available. 
there's no stopping. And I realized that with, you know, 2020 hindsight, you look back and you go, I could have done better here. I could have done better. And the reality is you could have. And for me, I look back on the race and where I could have, you know, ran that part. I could have done this. But now, you know, now I know I am so much more capable at this than what I thought I was at the start. You know, I can now look back and I could do that race again and, and ch- I reckon I could chip another two hours off my time easy with what I learned with the pain and dealing with the pain. You know, Dean Karnaz is a, um, an, an extremely famous ultra runner. His quote is, endurance is to endure. You know, and endurance is to endure the pain because everyone out there is hurting. Everyone knows, but there are some people who know how to deal with that pain a lot better than some of us. And, and and that's a skill that you've got to learn but to learn that skill you've got to throw yourself in that deep end and learn how to swim and learn how to get out of that um, you know and I think that you know I, that's the best way I can wrap it up uh, in this short amount of time because I've got to go pick up my children uh, but yeah look I, I hope you're this far into it I don't know if you'll be this far into it on the video version but hopefully on the podcast version, you will be. Um, but yeah, you know, th- this whole experience was a very powerful experience for me just due to the fact of, you know, my, my story, my where I've come from to what I, what I just did on the weekend. Um, you know, some people call me, are calling me crazy and dumb for doing it, but I'm going to call you crazy and dumb for not, you know, not throwing yourself in that deep end and living that simple life you're living. And I tell you what, if you're happy living that life, so fucking be it. I just don't, I won't be around you then. And you can do, keep doing what you're doing. You know, I want to be around people that are pushing themselves, wanting to better themselves and not stay in that hole that they're stuck in and complain about how shit the world is, you know. That's what I want. I want people to start throwing themselves into these, you know, enter now, think later sort of situation, you know, figure out a way to do it. Throw yourself in to the deep end and learn how to swim. That type of shit I love. Um, You know, and I think, you know, the biggest takeaway, um, and there's probably a bunch of shit I've missed out, but they were the, like, you know, they were the main things um, for the recap of the race. The, the biggest takeaway is you are so much more capable of what you think. I, I, and I, I will say that with my hand on my chest, heart, everything. You are so much more capable than what you think. I promise you, if you're going through shit, you can endure 10 times that shit. I promise you, it sucks. It, it fucking sucks. And going and going there and, and that last 30, 40 kilometers fucking suck there was nothing nice about that whatsoever there was nothing you know and and you you get to enjoy you you sort of realize that this is what you signed up for this is why you're doing it to go through hell because you know the only way out of hell is to keep going until you find you know an exit point it's as simple as that um so you know to wrap this all up look it is what it is. It was a it was a fantastic race. I met a lot of amazing people out there. I, I met 
so many beautiful, beautiful souls, you know, people that wanted to help because they could, people that sacrificed their entire Saturday and, and Sunday, volunteers to help people to put themselves through this. Um, you know, once again, thank you to all the crew, the volunteers, to everybody that was a part of this experience and you know to all the people that sent me the, the beautiful messages they sent me on the day thank you guys so much um you know this was a huge huge thing for me um you know i i don't i really couldn't have done it without those those essential people that i mentioned at the start and i you know do something that scares the fuck out of you just do something that you feel uncomfortable doing because I promise you, you can do it. <laughs> I promise. I promise. So on that note, look, thank you guys so much for watching and listening this far in uh, to, well, for you guys, Instagram video and for you guys on the podcast. Um, thank you for listening to the Running Deep podcast. With me, your host, Kent Mullins. That was an emotional journey and, you know, thank you for just being a part of the journey so far and I I can't wait to bring on more guests and share more experiences with all of you. Peace.